0: Yes, we have a loaded show for you today. Glad you could join us on a Thursday edition Power Talk of Muncie, the new WMUN. In less than 15 minutes from now, we'll be joined by Ball State men's basketball coach, Michael Lewis, scheduled to join the program. Talk a little bit about what's coming up this weekend and the win from Tuesday for Ball State men's basketball. So that's coming up here in a short amount of moments. Ball State women's basketball 11th straight win last night. I I tweeted out and I'm I'm telling you if you're not on the train yet uh, it's about to leave the station. It's, it, 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 you can't jump on it too late because, uh, I mean, this is a streak they're rolling on. They're 17 and two, ninety one fifty six 56 versus their rival, uh, Miami of Ohio, last night. 10-point uh, lead after the first quarter. How about being plus, tw- uh, plus 21 in the second quarter? Uh, I mean, complete and utter dominance. Uh, Ball State shot 54% from the field, nearly 50% sent from three and turned over Miami of Ohio almost at a two-to-one clip. Um, Pretty impressive. I I mean, again, um, I – people have started to expect this from this basketball team but you got to understand uh, what they're currently doing is really just not the norm it, it just doesn't happen that way uh, Ball State had 13 different players score last night <laughs> I mean y- you can go up and down the the numbers ball State out rebounded on the offensive glass Miami of Ohio 13 to six like the effort plays the shooting percentage the defensive numbers enforcing turnovers like every single aspect they owned that basketball game last night they did Seventeen and two—the uh, the, the the best start in program history, and the first time since 2000 and 2001 uh, that Ball State started seven and zero in conference. There are just so many impressive things about this. Again, Brady Sally, Ball State women's basketball head coach—I mean, on his way to Mid-American Conference Coach of the Year. I, I mean, um, again, um, it, it's always kind of something. And, and this is really a dumb comment from my standpoint, but fans want this like when's the adversity gonna hit like not not that you hope for it but in in some form or fashion like they are the absolute they're just so balanced there's so many different ways they're winning and by the way they have really good players I, I mean they have really good players but this is a true team deal. Ball State women's basketball has had great individual players over the uh, the tenure of Brady Lee, and even further back than that. They they've had really good individual players. Um, Allie Becky's in a thousand point score. Nyla Hampton's in a thousand point score. But if you look at this starting lineup, I mean, it goes up and down. Uh, the the impressiveness. Yes, every team has leaders, and in this case, Allie Becky and Nyla Hampton are. are are, are right there but I I think what makes this team even more impressive is the fact that they are really truly a team Uh, off the bench last night they had 40 plus points off the bench even got a couple of freshmen into the game it was just they're having fun too I mean you could see it if you follow them on social media and if you don't you should because I find that to be really really fun to really get to know the personalities of these players they are so hyper-focused on the task at hand, but yet they have, they have as f- much fun as any team as I've seen. I mean, they're having so much fun in the moment. Winning is fun, but they seem to kind of take it to another level. It's, it's just fun to watch. It really, really is. Uh, they are 17-2 and and 7-0 in conference. They dropped 91 at home against their rival Miami. I mean, come on now. It's just uh, it's a lot of fun right now. For Ball State women's basketball, another uh, matchup coming up. That's the 11th straight. I think I mentioned that. There's so many different numbers associated with this. Uh, but they're at Eastern Michigan coming up this weekend uh, 1 o'clock start Um, and you know what I think you could maybe make the argument that Ball State women's basketball coming into Mid-American Conference play did not play their best. Um, They had to squeak out a win against Akron, squeak out a win against Buffalo. And then over the last two weeks, it's been 15-point win, 32-point win, 15-point win, and then last night uh, getting the uh, 35-point win. Uh, It's just – and they're playing the better – teams in conference I mean they, they really are Bowling Green um, they, they've, they've beaten Toledo they're gonna see Kent State next week like these are really good basketball teams man and it is just so much fun to watch them and uh, get on the train if you're not already on it because they are rolling absolutely rolling right now so we're going to talk a little bit of ball state men's basketball ball state men's basketball coach michael lewis with us here in a little bit um and maybe i should have brought this up sooner but um th- there is some history that we are on the edge for coming up here okay um we are we are on the edge of history okay Okay. And when we have Rob Fisher on tomorrow, our analyst on High School Broadcast, I, I want to get into this more. But um, um, he and I have been tracking, and more so him, he's been all over this, the uh, The all-time city and county scoring leaders in Delaware County and the city of Muncie. And that record has st- has stood... For many years the city uh, the city record, and that 's Ron Bonham at two thousand and twenty eight points is it twenty eight or fifty eight i 'm just going to make sure um, and Rob may be listening right now he might might, might text that over to me um, but um Isaac Andrews, coming into the year from Wapahani, had a chance uh, to get there. And right now, as we near the end of the regular season, he will definitely be on track to eclipse Grant Evans, who is the county all-time county scoring leader. And I'm scrolling through here. Ron Bonham, 2,028 points. That's the Muncie career scoring leaders. In Delaware County, Grant Evans has the county record at 1,900 and fifty nine points right now isaac andrews is 193 points away and i'm bringing this up i know i know um, you know isaac and um you know that 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 community is so focused on what wapahani doing in two-way high school basketball right now but he's got a real shot um, as we did the math a little bit earlier this week to not only get the county record but to also get the city record which um, it it puts into perspective just how impressive 2,028 points that Ron Bonham has in his career and that record has stood for several decades Um, and by the way that was done in three years and that was done without a three point shot (laughs) I mean it, it it really is something and um you know um a couple uh, couple months back and maybe about a year back you know rob fisher and i had a conversation on here and we, we we started to describe the career of isaac andrews and we're still in the midst of it and he's in his senior year at wapahani And talking about the potential of the numbers, but also perspective-wise from a statistical standpoint from freshman to senior year, you may not see a more balanced, a more... uh, um, you know, from freshman to senior year, balanced career um, in, in in this area, in Delaware County basketball. And I think people are vaguely aware of some of the statistical milestones that he has an opportunity to eclipse. And by the way, Grant Evans, having the county record, Grant Evans, um, you know, played at Wapahani, was great in the early 2010s. A really, really good player. Um, you know, he, he's going to eclipse the Wapahani scoring record but have a chance – at the all-time record in this area, with a you know with a deep tournament tournament run, and a lot of that was made possible by him last night scoring forty-three points in three quarters, and it was darn efficient, too. But we might be talking about this more as we get closer and closer and closer to it. Um, I'm telling you, over the next couple of weeks, it it you know. Um, It's worth following along because we haven't had a player like this be that close for a while. Um, You know, I look at, uh, you know, think about this. Brady Hunt had a great career as a Delta basketball player. He scored 1,434 points. He started from freshman to senior year under Mark Detweiler, um, you know, first year through the end of his career. And uh, Brady Hunt scored 1,400 points in that time frame. I'm looking at all of the players, and really, Brady Hunt in the county scoring record, um, he is the most recent player to be in that mix, other than Isaac Andrews, and then of course, Grant Evans in the early 2010s, other than that, there really hasn't been anybody that's really been in the discussion for a few decades, I I mean, so... Understand, you know what's about to happen here, and and regardless if he gets it or not, um, Isaac is etched in uh, Delaware County and and Muncie basketball uh, history, and um, it's really impressive to watch. It really, really is. So um, I think it's important to bring that up because again, um, you know the name Ron Bonham is a legendary name, and the fact that somebody is going to get close, if not eclipse. That milestone is incredible and certainly worth celebrating and um, he has he, he's just done a lot he's been a winner all those different things and uh, to be as close as he is with that um, you know we I was in a text thread about this today and, and, and oftentimes when we talk about these little mines, milestones and those sorts of things some of them I reference on the show some of them I do not uh, but in this case I think this absolutely bears uh, to, to, to be uh, represented on this program so thanks to those of you joining us on Facebook live when we come back it is State men's basketball coach, Michael Lewis, right after this power talk among CWMUN.
1: Um, with our effort, I thought we got a lot of things done offensively when uh, when the ball moved, when people moved, and we and we shared it. Um, you know, there was a couple of possessions there in the second half. Things got a little sloppy. Um, but I, th- I thought we were better in transition for run- running for layups. Um, I thought once we settled in offensively, and you know, I thought we took way too many um, rushed threes uh, early. That kind of led to some of that 11-0 run. And uh, once we, we started attacking the way that we had planned, and um, I think things went really well for us.
0: Okay, um, I want to talk about the time from Saturday to Tuesday I know in some of our previous conversations coach of course the the loss that was last Saturday against Miami it's it's kind of on to the next and it's a one game at a time mentality when you have the moment like Saturday and then of course have you know a positive performance on Tuesday the time in between and how you reference Saturday in the proper form to have the hunger to get what you got done on Tuesday coach
1: well we you know, we just reviewed the film, um, and, and we you know, we kinda break things down and um, you know, good, bad, both ends of the floor. Um you know, and obviously the way Saturday ended was, was not how anybody wanted. Kind of talk through that, um, how it got there, um, the, the poor shot selection, the rush shots, um, you know, what? what how, how you win those games, um, you know, how you grind them down instead of trying to swing haymakers. Um, and and then just kind of talk through the last possession of, you know, this is something that we've practiced, something we've drilled, something we've watched, something we've talked about, something that we exercised. Executed um, to perfection um, in a previous game this year, um, and that's the beauty of coaching 18 to 22 year old kids. You know, you 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 ask questions and you get coach. I I just I just spaced. I just blanked. Tried to play the best defense I could, and um, you know that's that's what happens when you you got 18 to 22 year old kids that that uh, can be in some of those situations maybe for the first time, um, and it just you know it just. Um, doesn't go you know their way or their attention um, gets on to something else um, and I, I would hope that we we learned and grew, grew from that um, and then you know just you, it's then you move on that's the thing about college basketball there's there's another another game working not too far around the corner especially in, in Mac play the way the schedules set up and and um, like I, I thought our preparation for buffalo was was solid I thought we had a couple days of good work uh, and I think it showed in how we played outside the first
0: three minutes. Yeah, it's kind of referenced this way. Coach Michael Lewis, Ball State Mets basketball coach with us on the Power Talk of Muncie, the new WMUN. When you win, it's about stringing things together. When you lose, it's, well, shoot, we got another one coming up. Did you sense that hunger from your team that there was that attention to detail after what did occur on Saturday that there was such a hunger to just get to Tuesday because they, they wanted to wipe what happened Saturday away. Way is that fair to ask?
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, anything you ask, you know, is is fair, Mark. I, I, I don't think, I don't necessarily think that, um, you know, I, I got that feeling from our guys. Like, um, you know, we've got a very inexperienced group that we've we've been trying to learn throughout the season. And, and um, you know, there's some things that have taken hold. There's some things that that just have not for, for whatever reason, and we got to continue to pound that in. And, um, you know, the attention to details that you alluded to, uh, we have to be better at. Um, going execution, we have to be better at. Um, and we are growing in some areas, and some, some individuals are growing a little bit quicker than others. But um, overall, like, we, we still – have some self-inflicted wounds that, that have cost us opportunities to win that game like um, the the last play of the Miami game that didn't that didn't beat us there's numerous plays throughout that led up to that um, that also contributed to, to that loss and, um, you know you, you take all those things into a, an account you know there's no more like the, the last possession of the game is no more important than the first um, you know when you're trying to play when you're trying to string good basketball together and play the right way and get to where we want to be as a, as a program um, and we're still taking steps to get
0: there you know I, I, and I want to talk a little bit about uh, Bashir and some of the some of the guys that have been the Mainstays in the lineup but on on Tuesday night um, you know Trent Middleton jr played a big role for you on Saturday and then uh, he's in the starting lineup on Tuesday and uh, obviously he, he played a little bit early played a lot bit early and then there was a stretch there and now he's back in the rotation you know trying to mix and match you know what was a short rotation for a while he's now inserting himself he gets in the starting line Lineup. Bailey goes to the bench. What type of process does that all take to, to evaluate with the best rotation and starting and, and coming off the bench and those sorts of things, Coach?
1: Well, I think with both Trent and Davion, um, our roster construction has not benefited them the most. Um, you know, because I think both of those guys early, um, you know, were allowed to play through some things that maybe they they shouldn't have been, to be quite honest. Um, and I think um, with Trent, I think he played well against Miami. I think he played his best game of the year against Buffalo. I think his defense uh, in the Buffalo game was was. His well as it's been uh, since he's been in a Cardinal uniform Um, you know I think his last two games have something to do with maybe not playing in a game or two prior um, and realizing like hey man I have to I have to fix these issues to to be the player that I'm capable capable of being and the player that Ball State needs me to be Um, And the same thing you know with Davion I think with with Trent playing at the level that he he got to here lately um, it can provide a spark um, uh, for Davion to say, "Hey man, like you, you've got to do more, and you've got to do more, more consistently." Like he's got a chance to be a a, a really good player. He's a good player, but he, he there's so much more that he can give. Um, and and how do you get that from them? And sometimes um, you know, taking a seat next to me can be the, the best teaching tool.
0: It's Michael Lewis, Ball State mids basketball coach, with us on the program. Power talk of Muncie, uh, the new WMUN. Um, over the last couple of weeks, and uh, pretty much all season long, uh, Bashir Jihad has been at the top of the scouting report, Coach, but it, it's really been the last couple of weeks that, um, especially offensively and some of the things defensively, the, the matchup nightmare that he is um, at his size and his skill level, What I see things from my perspective, I'm sure, very differently than you do, Coach, but it feels like the last couple of weeks, there's been even a, a step up by him. Do you sense that as well?
1: well i think he's improving i think you know he's he's a he's a kid that um, you know is is on a huge improvement curve and i think he's been on that curve um Since we got here and started working with him, I think just, you know, how much, um, you know, his game has continued to expand, the things that he's gotten better at, um, you know, how we're able to use him. Um, You know, he's obviously does a lot of things for us offensively. I believe he also, you know, anchors what we do defensively. Um, You know, he... He's got to. Um, I think his, his play out of double teams has improved. Um, you know, he we do a lot of things through him on the on the perimeter, um, and and he's got to continue to improve his decision making and ball handling. He, he's got a little bit of a turnover problem at times, um, but as he continues to develop as an overall player, like I think, you know, those, those things will work himself out. But um, you know, I think he's a guy that um, has improved a ton, and I'm still excited about what he can do in the
0: future. Speaking of uh, guys that have improved a ton, um, the story of Ben Hendricks is really, really impressive and someone um, that, that seems to be all about the team coach and, and whatever role you need him in. And of course uh, on Tuesday night, he had uh, 10 points in 18 minutes. I mean, it, it just feels like he can start, he can come off the bench and play 20 minutes. He can play five minutes and contribute in multiple ways. W- what, what does he provide your team as just a, uh, I'll, I'll do whatever need, the the team needs coach.
1: Well, you know, Ben's one of those unique players that that you don't see much of um, anymore these days. He's he's about the team. He's about doing whatever he can possibly do um, to help the team win. You know, if, if we need him to start, you know, he's going to be there. If, he, if we need him to come off the bench and provide a spark, I thought he gave a, gave a huge lift um, against Buffalo. Um, you know, he'll do that. You know, he he's 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 about the team. He's about doing whatever he can to help help the team win. I think um, when you look at his his development, what he's been able to do this year, obviously a ton of credit goes to him. I think Coach uh, Lou Godino's done an amazing job uh, with both him and Bashir Jihad um, in, in their overall development. Um, you know, I, I think, um, you know, player development is something we take a, a great deal of pride of in our university our, and in our basketball program here at Ball State. Uh, our guys get better um, and they, they grow um, in our in our player development program and, and Ben has grown as much as anyone.
0: All right, Coach, a couple more. It's Michael Lewis, Ball State Mids Basketball Coach, with us. Uh, I kind of ask the same version of the question every time we have you at different points of the season we're at. So um, you, you're obviously progressing uh, over these last couple of weeks. What what in your eyes with this team uh, is the next step as you continue to progress through the Mid-American Conference schedule here?
1: It's more consistency. You know, I, I think, you know, right now we, we do some things um... – you know the the buffalo game like we we were either we had some really really good possessions where we're like okay this is this is growth this is good this is what we have to do and then we still have a few possessions where you know it's just um you know, tragically, four, and, and uh, we've got to we've got to kind of shore those up. You know, where they, they don't those those bad plays don't just kill you uh, in a game, and we got too many of them, especially if you're playing a, a good basketball team. Uh, but I, I would just think, you know, overall consistency. Our defense obviously needs to continue to improve. I think it's done that over the last couple of weeks, um, but just more consistent play uh,
0: at a higher level. The uh, the challenge with Northern Illinois coming in um, and. Getting back-to-back wins here, Coach. What what uh, what, what, what type of style uh, do you expect from them and um, uh, your side to, uh, to compete with them at home coming up Saturday?
1: Well, they've got a dynamic guard, David Coy. You know, he's a high-scoring guard. And, you know, he can. Um, you know, we got to make him really inefficient. You know, like he, he got 20 points the other night, but he took 20 shots. Um, you know, if, if you allow him to get into a rhythm, uh, if you allow it, the game to come easy to him early, um, you know, you're, you could be in for a long night. The guy can 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 have a monster type game. Um, they've got some great uh, role players around them that, that know their role and, and, and do their job. Um, they, they've they've got. Thank uh-huh. You know, six ten kid coming back from injury um, that I think is, you know, everybody um, in basketball circles uh, talks about his overall upside and his future. Um, he's just a young, young big that's that's figuring it out, um, and he's coming back from injury that gives him another option. So um, it, it's going to be another battle uh, with us. Like we're not we're not in that position right now to, to be able to overlook anyone, and um, you know we've we've got to be able to get a, a stack win together here, um, and it's, it starts on Saturday and, and our preparation um, today and tomorrow.
0: Ball State men's basketball coach. Michael Lewis with us. Ball State men's basketball at home against Northern Illinois uh, on Saturday at 2 o'clock. Coach, before I let you go, um, I know you, you've, you've been following, obviously, Brady, Sally, and the, the women's basketball team and what they're doing. 11 straight and 17-2 and, and 7-0 in the MAC. I want, I want to ask it this way, Coach. You, you've watched a number of their games. From a coaching perspective, Um, What do you see about this particular team and why they're having the success they are watching it from a coaching perspective?
1: I think you just see a, uh, an, a very, an experienced group. Um, you know, I, I think what Brady's done here, I think what is this, his 12th year, I think what Brady's done here um, in 12 years, um, you know, is really good. I'm excited for him to take that next step and, um, you know, continue on and get a championship and hopefully play well for three days in Cleveland and, and, and get an opportunity to go to the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, I think he's he's earned that, that right to do that. Um, um, I think he's got a team that is experienced that understand <clears throat> understands how to win. Um, that they they've suffered some some losses uh, in in prior years that you know gives them enough of a chip on their shoulder. They know exactly what they want to accomplish. They know they've got a very good idea of, of what it's going to take to accomplish that. Um, and I think you've, you've got a, a very tight knit group um, that is all about winning.
0: It's awesome stuff, Coach. Coach Michael Lewis with us. Ball State Men's Basketball Home versus Northern Illinois Saturday at Warden Arena. Coach, thanks for always stopping by. We'll look forward to talking to you soon. All right, thank you. That's uh, Michael Lewis, Ball State Men's Basketball. Coach, that conversation brought to you by the 1925 Pump House at the Courtyard. They have something for everyone voted best all-around restaurant in Muncie's Quest for the Best last year, and uh, best sports bar, one of the best burgers, tenderloins, you get the point. Sports is a big part of what they are, 20-plus TVs uh, inside their area right in downtown Muncie uh, to be able to watch every game, and a lot of Ball State matchups as well. They are proud to support Ball State athletics. So the location at the Courtyard Marriott in downtown Muncie, or in Anderson at Grand View Golf Club, two locations in East Central Indiana to serve you. The 1925 Pump House at the Courtyard and at Grandview Golf Club and Anderson Uh, great to have coach Michael Lewis with us on the program there I'm always curious like when when teams have success and other coaches watch that other team like what they see like I I love having Brady Sally on and we're going to have him on very soon uh, to talk about his run and his team and and and, you know a coach knows their team in a very different way but when you whether it's you know you're playing that team or whatever the case may be and that coach looks Looks at you in a different way of what makes you you. Um, I'm always intrigued by that, and so um, you know I wanted to kind of hear from his perspective what what he's seeing because uh, obviously Ball State women's basketball is rolling. I mean they are absolutely rolling right now. So. All right. um, well we started a conversation at the top of the show. I've gotten uh, some texts, some tweets about it, about uh, the opportunity that Isaac Andrews from Wapahani has over the next several games. We'll we'll table that conversation for maybe tomorrow because I want Rob Fisher to weigh in on that uh, because we've talked about it for the last year or so uh, that this was a potential um, opportunity and uh, certainly last night Isaac Andrews dropping 43 it's um, it's becoming more and more realistic as the uh, as the days go by so uh, when we come back we tease this on tuesday but i want to get back to it the one thing fans from the colts should watch out for in this weekend's nfl action we'll talk about that when we come back power talk of muncie wmun So the the biggest thing, well uh, the, the the biggest thing to watch for in the NFL. I teased it on Tuesday. We didn't have enough time uh, to dive into it uh, too deep, but um, uh, in my opinion, the thing we really overlook because there's there there are really good quarterbacks in a lot of different spots okay Um, obviously Patrick Mahomes Josh Allen um, you know um, you've got uh, um, I don't know if you put Brock Purdy in there or not uh, Justin Herbert Joe Burrow Lamar Jackson just to name a few and in most of those cases. Um, you know, I think Joe Burrow's kind of the outlier here because obviously he got injured this season. But the coach and quarterback connection is so important. You know, I think uh, we're, we're, we'll find out over the years if Brock Purdy and Kyle Shanahan stay together and if that's the the real deal. That's going to be a continuous relationship. I think you've seen enough two years in a row to, to make you believe Dan Campbell and Jared Goff are kind of connected here. Um, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes have been together for the entirety of Patrick Mahomes' career. Same with Lamar Jackson with John Harbaugh. Now... John Arbaugh isn't really an offensive guy, per se. Andy Reid is. Dan Campbell has an offensive background, and so does Kyle Shanahan. And it's kind of interesting when you think about all those different things. I know all the talk on our Fox Sports Radio Airways is about offensive guys, offensive coaches, offensive ingenuity. You know, uh, you know it worked pretty well when Matt Stafford went to L.A. And he and um, um, Matt Stafford won a Super Bowl. Like, it, it's kind of the way of the NFL um, nowadays. And so one of the things to watch out for this weekend – is how that, once again, is a major, major deal. Um, If you think about last year, last year's Super Bowl, Nick Sirianni, when he got there, he transformed Jalen Hurts with Shane Steichen, of course, who was there as the offensive coordinator. Of course, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes were in the mix as well. But you also had um, Zach Taylor, from the Cincinnati Bengals with Joe Burrow. And Kyle Shanahan was there with Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy got injured. We know how that NFC championship did. So we have, like, a two-year trend going on here that the coach – quarterback relationship is huge there are really good quarterbacks all across the league but really um you know Justin Herbert hadn't really done much Trevor Lawrence hasn't really done much um you know to think about all of these different things and by the way it doesn't necessarily just have to be an offensive coach because I think we're seeing D'Amico Ryans with C.J. Stroud that you know the arrows kind of pointed up there that that could be a major factor moving forward and why is that such a big deal for the Indianapolis Colts because I don't think it's just Anthony Richardson I think it's the combination of Shane Steichen and Anthony Richardson I think it's the combo of those two, because over the years, um, the, the teams that have had a lot of success have had consistency at quarterback and consistency at head coach. And typically, if the quarterback doesn't work out, the coach doesn't work out either. That's typically how it's gone. Now, I think Kyle Shanahan, in this perspective, is a little bit different because he's done it with Jimmy Garoppolo, or he did it with Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, I mean, they had a really good team around him, but Jimmy gets injured, Brock Purdy comes in, and they don't really miss a beat. Actually, this year there was thought that Sam Darnold might be the quarterback. Like, It's a little bit different, but I think the thought is – Brock Purdy's doing pretty darn well because Kyle Shanahan's his coach. I think that's way more of a, of a plus for Brock Purdy than it is to say, well, Brock Purdy is a product of the great talent around him. There's teams that have great talent, and they don't achieve the success that Brock Purdy has. I think you got to look at the coach kyle shanahan and uh, brock purdy together so the hope is that you are building a semblance of that with shane steinkin and anthony richardson and i i i feel like the trend going forward and by the way i think this perfectly aligns with the hire that happened last night with jim harbaugh and justin herbert guess who's connected at the hip now justin herbert And Jim Harbaugh, they are connected at the hip. And then you're starting to see coaches go into their particular spots and and, and make the case whether they have their quarterback or not. And Sean Payton did that. Yeah, Sean Payton definitely did that with Russell Wilson. He kind of kicked Russell Wilson out the door. Because I think Sean Payton understands, like we're talking about here, it's about who you connect to at quarterback. And it's probably why Bill Belichick doesn't have a job, right, uh, job yet because I think he should be smart enough to understand it's really about the quarterback you have that you two are connected to go on a run together. Mike Tomlin did it with Ben Roethlisberger. Bill Cowher did it with Ben Roethlisberger. Um, you know, um, um, Tony Dungy and Peyton Manning went on a run. Um, then John Fox and Peyton Manning went I mean, I mean, it's, it, it, it's, it's the way of, of, of the – it's kind of the way things have gone. It, it really has. And so this weekend in the NFL is the exact same deal. The only question mark with the Indianapolis Colts, you have zero idea about Anthony Richardson. But you're hoping that by making the draft pick that you did, um, you feel good that you have the coach. Do you have the quarterback? But... I, I'm going to make this very clear, and, and this is a, a, absolutely premature, and I'll admit it even before I utter it here. Shane Steichen doesn't work here if Anthony Richardson doesn't work here. I, I, I truly feel that, that these two are going to be connected. Like If Anthony Richardson doesn't work, um, I don't know if Shane Steichen does. It's weird to think that way, and we're thinking way too far ahead prematurely. But I don't remember the last time that there was a coach there. They went through two or three different quarterbacks, finally got it right, back in the 90s maybe, back in the early 2000s maybe. Nowadays, no. If you draft a quarterback and you have a new head coach and they're connected and it doesn't work – it usually doesn't work out. I mean, seriously, look at today's NFL. The trend is going that way. Really, it just kind of feels that way. Um, you know, LA, the L.A. Rams are a little bit special in this regard with the Jared Goff trade to the Lions and Matthew Stafford to the L.A. Rams. I, but you connect based on the quarterback you have. But oftentimes, the quarterback can't do it all on their own. They have to have a really good coach that they're connected to as a result of it. And I hope, at the end of the day, as much credit as we give Patrick Mahomes, we give ample amount of credit to Andy Reid as well. Because that is a symbiotic relationship. That's the way it works in the NFL. And over the last two years... I don't think any of those situations have have gone against that trend. We are headed down that route where it is truly the coach and the quarterback and that connection meaning big dividends in the NFL. And you're hoping that well you think you got one of those right at the coach you have no idea about the quarterback but you have optimism based on what you saw through the first four games and so regardless of who makes the Super Bowl and who wins this weekend in the AFC and NFC championships it is going to be that case you know, uh, even though Dan Campbell's in his third year, I think we know that combination of him and Jared Goff is pretty darn good. Pretty darn good. I mean, Jared Goff's a top seven quarterback in the league right now. He is. He may be top five, depending on where, where you stand with a lot of things. Yeah, no, he he, he really is a good player. Um, you know, it, 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 it's it's it it's all the things that you expect. Really is. And maybe we don't look at John Harbaugh, Lamar Jackson that way, but, folks, it, it's not by mistake that John Harbaugh has been there the entirety of the career with Lamar Jackson. He was there the entirety of the career of Joe Flacco. I mean, John Harbaugh is responsible for, for that. I mean, he really is. So um, I think it's fair to put that into perspective, but that would be the thing I would watch the most this weekend is the 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 relationship of head coach to the starting quarterback to the star quarterback because all four of these guys are stars Jared Goff's there he is if you don't know much about him just just watch a game watch some of the past games he's had Jared Goff had a top five to six quarterback year in the NFL he did He absolutely did. For the second straight year, he has done that. So no longer can you think of Jared Goff, the quarterback that got traded, as a throw into the Matthew Stafford deal. He is legit. He is. So anyway, all right, when we come back, we'll close up a Thursday edition of the show. Get you ready for tomorrow. A lot of previewing of things from over the, for, for over the weekend. There is so much going on, and we'll talk about that when we return on the Power Talk of Muncie. Power Talk of Muncie, the new WMUN, is always brought to you by Sheriff and Roofing. Your roof is there to protect your family. Make sure you're doing all you can. To protect them, Sheriff Gosselin Roofing has been helping families for generations. Remember to call Pete Dahlia or look them up at worryfreeroof.com. Glad you're with us on the show. Yeah, lots to preview tomorrow. We've got some high school basketball over the weekend. Um, of course, we'll talk some football. George Bremer from the old Bulletin scheduled to join us as well as we'll get his thoughts. On what to expect uh with with the two championship games I think it'll be a lot of fun a lot of fun on Sunday I think I think championship weekends as good as it gets like I'm in the business of multiple football games like Super Bowl Sunday is wonderful it's a lot of fun to watch the championship and all of the different things that surround it but you know, there's nothing like having a one o'clock slate and a four o'clock slate in the regular season and let alone, you know, having two uh, the AFC and NFC championship games. I think it is truly one of the best weekends in all of sports. Really feel that way. So, Awesome stuff. Um, Big thanks to Coach Michael Lewis, Ball State men's basketball coach, for joining us on the program today. So we're expecting George Bremer, Rob Fisher coming up tomorrow as we uh, talk about a lot of things related to that. Also a little bit of Pacers talk as well coming up on the show tomorrow. All right, we're back with you tomorrow. Same time, same place, 4 o'clock. Have a great evening. We'll talk to you tomorrow right here.